And welcome to our storytelling conversation. My name is David Frainer, here with Jackson Gilman, award-winning storyteller. And as Pat mentioned, in 2020, Jackson was awarded the Circle of Excellence Oracle Award from the National Storytelling Network. And we'll get to that in a minute. Jackson, a longtime storyteller, is a first-time storyteller here. So welcome, Jackson. And again, congratulations. We are genuinely delighted to have you with us virtually. And again, friends, we call this segment the backstory. It's where we look in back of the curtain, so to speak, to learn about the story behind the stories and the story behind the storyteller. And again, our backstory tonight is with Jackson. So Jackson, uh, speaking of the Circle of Excellence Oracle Award, could you tell us a little bit about that? Um, I think probably not all of us, I'll include myself specifically, know a great deal about the National Storytelling Network. Well, they've been uh, very responsible for a revival of storytelling and making it known that it's not just for little kids. And uh, they've been having a, a festival for uh, 40 some years and draws tens of thousands of people. And they really put their best foot forward in presenting storytelling to the world. And they have a, a great venue in Jonesboro, Tennessee, and a lot of offshoots all over the place. So uh, they've spawned a lot of great venues and a lot of great storytellers. Well, we certainly appreciate your presence and your uh, being with us this evening. On your website, you mentioned that you call yourself the stand-up chameleon, which I take it to be a play on words on a stand-up comedian. So just curious, uh, how did you come by that moniker and what exactly does it mean to you to be the stand-up chameleon? Well, uh, early in my career, I was, um, most of my stories were told in character. So uh, rarely did you see Jackson and I was, I'm a kind of a introvert and shy. So I was much more comfortable be, being in someone else's voice. And so uh, in my stories, I also turn into a lot of different creatures and people and somebody once reviewed me and said, he's like a chameleon. And I like the sound of that. So <laughs> I, I owned it. <laughs> and also it solved, I wanted it to solve a problem of getting at pigeonholed as a storyteller because at that time people didn't associate storytelling as something that's, you know, worthy of an adult theater uh, experience. So I also do a lot of music and uh, movement and mime and uh, I didn't want to just be considered a storyteller, so I went with Stand Up Chameleon so they could say, what's that? And I say, well, come <laughs> to my show and I'll try to show you why I'm hard to, don't want to be pegged. So you also mentioned on your website that you use sign language in your performances? Um, yeah, I, I love the language. I, I don't have a history of it. I just was really taken by the beauty of it. And uh, uh, quite a bit of my repertoire is interpreted in sign, but I only choose stories that are enhanced when it's signed. Um, sometimes the signing just is more of a distraction. If it, I feel like it enhances a story or a song, then I'm really glad to add that to the mix because it, it just, it's just another level of engagement. And sometimes it's its own poetry. So I, I love it. And, uh, and it's magic with kids because kids have a certain amount of attention span 
And I found that if I do a, like a 40 minute program and they're going to be burnt out, if I do it more, I can do another 20 minute story in sign language because their whole brain is engaged on another level. Wow. And they really, kids get sign language so much easier than adults. It's fascinating. They're, they're gifted at it, at interpreting it. Now, you just mentioned in passing that you're an introvert. I'm an introvert too. And uh, I guess the question is, what are introverts doing in the middle of what seems like a really extroverted profession? So you find a you... lot of comedians and a lot of performers who are introverts. It's it's uh, it's a way of uh, expressing, you know, all through growing up, I always had, you know, like someone would say something and I would think of something to say and I would miss that moment to say it and I, and I kick myself afterwards and I, I really got tired of being you know like a beat behind and then it's too late and uh, I have to say that performing has really helped me uh, be more present and bold and I find that uh, it gives me a, a opportunity to voice those things. <laughs> so many things I used to keep observations and ideas and thoughts that I sort of kept internal. So Pat mentioned, Pat, you mentioned in the introduction that you've been doing this for 40 years. Your website mentions 1978. So as you know, uh, in storytelling, we talk about the arc of the story. And I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about the arc of your career. Oh. Uh, how did you get started in storytelling and uh, what has been, uh, you might say, the evolution of your uh, it, it definitely an evolution process? I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I never had any intention of being a, a performer of any kind. Um, I, I was started out as a total whim. I used to do a lot of outdoor. I, there, someone said they were a forest ranger. Um, my background is in ecology, and I used to do summer work in parks and um I was figured I was going to, you know, live, live my life out on a farm or something. But um, just as a hoot, one day, one summer, I, I decided not to go back to the Student Conservation Association and and try uh, auditioning for this cabaret theater on, on uh, Mount Desert Island, Maine. And that began a discovery that um, I love performing <laughs> and I'm comfortable doing it. And I just doing it in the summers for a few years. And then I have gradually started adding it, other things to my repertoire and doing it year round. So it was never an intention. It, I sort of slipped into it. Right. Because um, most people don't think about, gee, I want to be a storyteller when I grow up. Yeah, and I didn't even know what storytelling was. I, right. I, I, my first repertoire was, uh, I had a mime background. So I was looking, I had a solo slot in this, this uh, cabaret show and I was doing some mime routines and I was thinking, uh, there's a lot of return guests so I should come up with new stuff. And, and I didn't, I was a fan of Rudyard Kipling's Just So Stories and I realized they have so many different characters and movements in it that, oh, that would be a, on days where there's a lot of kids in the audience, maybe that would be fun to work these up and put that out there as a vehicle for my movement. And I quickly discovered that between the uh, the brilliance of the writing of those stories and the wordplay, that adults enjoyed it even more than the kids. And so my original repertoire was just just those stories. And when I went to uh, 
the storytelling festival and I didn't even know I was a storyteller there was such a thing but when I discovered there was and I went to Jonesboro and there's a whole festival of people who are professional storytellers I thought, oh my gosh <laughs> this is a, this is a whole you know potential career and I was got really got turned on to the idea and added lots of different kinds of stories to my repertoire now on True Tales Live as you know we focus on first person storytelling and storytelling really uh thinking of it from the sort of the National Storytelling Network perspective is way broader than first person storytelling, as you were saying, uh, Roger Kipling, uh, different kinds of characters. How do you decide what kind of stories you're gonna do? How do you sort of navigate between doing uh, more like folktale stories versus first person stories? Uh, um... Stories call to me. If I find something that grabs me and wants to be told, uh, that's the next thing I work on. And, and it comes in really different forms. Um, doing the personal storytelling sort of evolved later. And, and oh. then as I became more involved in the story slam scene and um, a lot of different venues where personal narrative was the focus, uh, I realized I'm really, I love doing that. And I finally I'm <laughs> sharing who I am rather than hiding behind a character. Um, so uh, the personal stories came later and now um, I, I really enjoy doing that. And I really enjoy helping other people uh, realize everyone's got incredible stories. <laughs> and sometimes they don't realize it and you know, kind of tease it out of them and help them craft it. And it's like, wow. You know, it's very rewarding to uh, give someone a vo voice for their own stories and help them craft that and, and share it with other people. Right, which brings me to the other aspect. You do coaching, you do storytelling coaching. You have the Springboards for Stories workshop that you've done, uh, take it for a number of years. Yeah. Uh, how did you get into coaching? And tell us a little bit about your process, if you will. Well, how can people sign up with the future? No, that, that, thank you for asking. I should I should put that in the chat. But if you find jacksongilman.com with two L's, it'll have a link to workshops. And, um, and I've been doing that Springboards weekend for 15 years. This year it was the last, first time I didn't because of the um, pandemic. But I look forward to going back to it. But uh, storytelling is often a solo art. And people don't realize that most other f f art fields have directors and coaches. <laughs> and um, I've benefited enormously from a collaborative coaching with my colleagues. So I've been meeting monthly with a, some really trusted colleagues for decades, and we've been helping each other uh, develop our pieces and get them to the place where we are comfortable sharing with the world. And I think um, everyone, no matter how good they are, can benefit from a set of other eyes. And I, I love, I mean, I'm just as happy to let someone else tell their story and help them shine. And um, I, I learned a lot from being coached and I still actively am being coached by colleagues and I, I barter with many of my colleagues and then and other people seek me out and I'm glad to uh, help them with their stories. And here's an opportunity for a plug on our part since uh, with 
Pat and Amy and I yeah. and the help of others like uh, Kathy Wolf and Nina and others, we do storytelling workshops ourselves. Part of our mission is to try to encourage brand new tellers or almost brand new tellers, yeah. people who are thinking about possibly coming a storyteller to sort of dip their toe in the water and, and give it a shot. Venues like this are just so empowering. So take advantage. You've got really good coaches, Pat and Amy. Uh, and <laughs> all these people want you to do well. So, you know, take advantage of this opportunity and put yourself out there. And don't worry about how it is the first time. Nobody's good the first time. It gets better and better and better. And that's the whole process. You tell, tell, tell. And, um, and, It's one of the things I love about my own stories is that um, I realize stories are babies and it takes a while for them to get legs. And then it takes a while for them to really learn how to walk. And I I really love that evolution. And some of the personal stories I tell, like the ones today, I've never written those down. They're, they're, They're still growing. They're different each time. And I purposely don't write them because then they get concretized, you know, and I'd rather be telling it conversationally than, than trying to craft this into a, a slick piece of uh, theater. I, I really like the conversational style. So it has an organic quality yeah. and you do it very nicely and very well. Well, this brings us to the last question of our conversation, which is essentially the same question. Uh, and it follows from what we've just been talking about. For people who are newbies or thinking about just taking that first uh, baby step, so to speak, what advice would you give? Oh, 30 find, <laughs> find a partner and, and share stories. You know, just the, um, help that your best resources are your not necessarily a professional coach is just somebody you can get there eventually. But in the, in the meantime, just find someone that you like and trust you and you want to help each other. Make sure it's someone who wants you to do your best and you want them to do your best and you listen and you give you know constructive feedback and go back and forth and find a, a pool of uh, of listeners, supportive listeners. It's the best thing you can do for yourself. Well, thank you very much, <clears throat> friends. This brings us to the end of our conversation with Jackson Gilman. Thanks again for Upadidi and our conversation. And I do hope you'll share with us more of your first-person stories in the future. This also brings us to the end of our show. Thanks to our True Tales Live team, whose names can be seen on the scroll. A virtual round of applause for them, please. <clears throat> and you can keep up to date with True Tales Live through our website, our Facebook page, and our e-newsletter, True Tales Times, which you can sign up for on our website. Our next show is the last Tuesday in June, when, as uh, Pat mentioned, Amy will be our featured teller our second and for the calendar year, our last feature teller. Do join us for some sweet Amy Dad stories. Our next workshop is a week from today, June 1st from 7 to 8.30 p.m. If you are considering telling a story, we encourage you to attend a workshop and you can sign up on our website. Websites, workshops are good, they're encouraging, they're safe, and they're fun. Edited by John Lovering, tonight's show will be posted on PPMTV's YouTube channel and broadcast on PPMTV in Portsmouth, Channel 98, as was mentioned. Do tell your friends to look for it. 
And as we draw to a close, Jackson, in your 2020 Oracle performance, which can be seen on YouTube, you closed that by saying, I propose a toast to our stories and to the hope that they dissolve the borders and walls that divide us, and then they help bring us closer together. I'll drink to that. Amen to that, I say. What a great way to close. So that's it for tonight's show. Thanks to our tellers, our crew, and you. My name is David Frainer. Good night.